Why? Why? We not screaming. Oh, That's why this what's, partnership works. Because what's going on? Whenever why can't, one of us um, has to be quiet, the other is always uh, more than willing to scream at the top of their lungs. That's able why to ramp works. it up. That's why. That's why. Bum 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 bum. Super Bowl episode with the Po Boys. The big game. Calm down. The big big game. big 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 game. This is kind of like. If they actually ever did a big race in Star Wars Resistance yeah, the that we classic. cared about, um, the Boutine Classic, the Boota Eve Classic. From Phantom Menace. Now, Josh, you were a big Phantom Menace guy, but one thing, what listeners, that you don't know about Josh is that he was an even bigger pod race guy. Because you liked that 64 game a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was great. Yeah. I played it a lot. Never key, baby. Was it multiplayer or? Mm-hmm. You could do split screen. And it was two person, so it was just sing- yeah. two, two person co op. Will you be racing? It's not co op, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're co oping to the same area. Like, oh, I gotta get that saboba. Uh, sure. <laughs> now, Josh, why are why are we in the situation right now where I'm loud boy, you're a quiet boy? Um, I guess just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be quiet and, uh, respect of the game, you know? Yeah. Shout out to our players that are on both sides. A big thing about the Super Bowl is these guys are in very good shape. And one thing they're, yeah, let's, I mean, trying to be PC here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're in they're in very good shape, and one thing that you might not be aware, listeners, is that in the workout community, which we are kind of dragged into, I mean, we're really just dealing in positive psychology and trying to be the best Poe boys, but we run in a lot of the same circles with some people that want to figure it out. Like LeBron James spends $2 million a year on his body, so that he can play each and every year. The Poe boys, on the other hand, we do not spend that because we come from the school of hard knocks where life is our workout yeah. and gym is our workout with a very reasonable <laughs> gym membership that is anywhere between 40 to 75. 30, 70. Oh, wow. So I'm the chump here. And... A couple people that we've seen, you know, um, a big thing about the gym is unless you're going with a friend, you don't talk at the gym. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Everybody All stop right. what you're doing Let's pump right it. now. Let's Love. pump it. Oh, wait. You meant the brakes, not pump some you iron. Day. I do right. cold day. I started yeah. adding some time in the sauna to the end of my workout. So I go to the sauna. Yeah. I'm up to 20 minutes. I go. I work out for like an hour. I go in the sauna for like 20 minutes okay. at the end. I go in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dude's in there. Look, most annoying thing in the, the sauna, I thought, I thought was yeah. people crank their headphones very high so you can still hear their music, even though they got headphones in. Really? That's a, that, I've oh, never, oh, I've never witnessed people have headphones in the sauna. That's gross. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. I go in yesterday. Yeah. Dude's in there. No shirt. Air boxing. Like sparring, which hey, no shirt, uh-huh. whatever. Okay, that's not really. I mean, I, I don't wear yeah. shirts in the sauna either. I'm not a weirdo, but yeah, no okay. Shirt. 
Japan's no service. Down. Oh no, stuff is showing. Oh he's, no, air no tell, no tell. No, I mean he's his his little butt was showing a little bit, and he's airboxing. Oh, air uh, come he's on, hold on, have some respect here. No headphones, listening to music on his phone <laughs> with an app that times his little boxing like they're like they're real rounds in a fight. And so it goes ding, ding, ding every few minutes. And then he rests for a minute and then it goes ding, ding, ding. And he goes back at it. And is this guy your friend now? No, that's he's awesome. my that's... most hated enemy. Really? Next to John Favreau. Yeah. And then I go in today. Same Speaking thing. of, yeah. I, have a, I have a story, too, about something that Great. soured my mood. All right. OK, good. Well, I'm wrapping yeah. up here. I go in today. You know, today's pull day. No, today's push day. Go in. Go to the sauna. Same freaking thing. Guy's in there. He's not airboxing. It's some other different dude. But he's sitting. He's just blasting his music on his phone. No headphones. No headphones? What was the music? Rap. It doesn't oh, matter. It doesn't matter what the music yeah. is. Big rap guy over here. I I like rap plenty, but I don't yeah. want to listen to your music. I got my own headphones, but I have it's phone just like, production headphones. It's just like, why don't you plenty of shut up, ear. guy? You know? Like, like have some respect in the sauna area. Dude, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Dude, here's the thing, listeners. Here's the thing, listeners. You wouldn't blast your music when you're on, like, the treadmill track. You know, you, at a gym, you have, like, eight treadmills, six or whatever. You don't blast it, you know, nope. because you're trying nope, to be nope. respectful. Right. And the sauna exactly. is the same situation. People are trying to recover from straining their small, small bodies Mm-hmm. In our case, our swole, swole bodies. Mm-hmm. And they just have to have a little bit more respect. You got to treat it like a gym. Same as a gym, man. Don't blast now, your music on gym floor. Don't be blasting in the sauna. It's in crazy terms of In terms of disrespect, I also witnessed some disrespect this weekend. Uh-oh. And I, I'm glad we're talking about this because I typically wouldn't talk about this. So I, I'm in Philadelphia this weekend for a work event. And well, I got a Philadelphia thing. All right. I'm in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, you have a Philadelphia thing after this? Yep. <laughs> and this week on Resistance Recap, <laughs> Pete and Josh one-up each other. Don't worry, so it ties into Star Wars. So I'm in Philadelphia, and this also ties in with a hated foe. Mm-hmm. And I'm at this hotel. You know, I'm just trying to get some quick sleep before the next bit of festivities and activities next day. So I'm scrolling through, and, you know, coworker goes to, on the TV, Deep Contact, or Deep Impact. Deep mm-hmm. Impact? I think it's the Deep Impact. Yeah, it's a movie. Where Morgan Freeman's the president? It's basically Armageddon, but without the special effects and all of the acting's trash. And I've never seen this movie, but I like Morgan Freeman, Robert Duvall's in it. So I'm like, you know, listen, I'm watching it. And then, you know who shows up as an astronaut? Who's oh, a no. medic? No, All right, no. John Favreau. John Favreau's in that movie. Uh oh. And I'm like, can I not get away from this guy? Like, I was in <laughs> Philadelphia because he just keeps creeping on me. Like, I I post on my Instagram, not the Poboys one. Oh, Poboys at um, at Poboys Boys, Poboys podcast on Instagram. He's always looking at my stuff. I'm like, I don't look at any of your stuff because I unfollowed you. Don't yeah. make me have to block you, John Favreau. Yeah. But it really soured a whole night. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, well, what was your Philly, thing? Philly, real sore spot as of late. So, uh, are you are you familiar with the band Ramstein? 
heard a lot of their work, but haven't du heard Host. of Duhas. 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 Mean. Mish. Yeah, that's Ramstein. Dum 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 dum. Duhas. A lot of concerts. Duhas. I go a lot of heavy metal concerts. Oh boys. Which bands I want to see very bad. Hell or High Water List. You know what? You should post that at some point on the Poe Boys. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to hear what your music taste is. Because a lot of people it's the same thing for people who are voting in elections. So by the time this finishes, the Iowa caucus will have already happened. And you know, endorsements are everything, so um, I would encourage you, Josh, to smash that um, list onto the Poe Boys um, Twitter anyway, account. Anyway. Anyway. Ramstein has been on that list for a very long time. They're yes. finally touring the states. They're coming to FedEx Field, which sure. is where the Redskins... That's insane to me. That's a huge venue. Why? That's a huge venue. That's yeah, it's really like big. Taylor really Smith big. That's where play. I thought they'd be playing, like, arenas, like basketball arenas. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and when are they coming? Oh, and we're at Star Wars Celebration. And then when? where do they go from there? Well, before that, they're in Philadelphia. The and and, and that's, that's how we got to that. Okay. Right. So I literally, before you called me, was looking at tickets for the show in Philadelphia, which is on a Sunday, trying to figure out if I want to do that. Now, do you have, like, a, a buddy that is also into that? Well, I guess... I mean, the, I might, but I probably won't check until I have, I'm, I'm already committed. I actually, if I remember correctly, based off of life events that have happened to him and general disposition, our money man, Cody, who's been on the podcast, might want to go to that with you. He is <laughs> a person that is very reserved and in control all the time. And people like that, they need this little duhas kind of break. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll go postal in their workplace. <laughs> so that's really that's great. Um, but you know, you invite whoever you want. Um, we famously went to uh, a heavy metal concert, and I did not uh, behave appropriately because I was the only one wearing Patagonia in that <laughs> in, in that entire event. Everybody else was just wearing tank tops. And they had calf tattoos, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was Patagonia bun-down shirt, getting yeah. ready for the, the the upcoming activities. And oh, yeah. I did not oh, yeah. I did not read the venue beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Got a lot of looks, a yeah, lot of your, looks. You and your upcoming activities. So first week since resistance ended. Yes, um, let's get into it. We have, you know, a little slice of Star Wars that we have to interact with. Not have to, but, you know, we're, we're interacting with Star Wars on a regular basis, largely because of that show. Yeah. This week, no show, nothing new. Um, have you gotten into any Star Wars this week? Into any Since Star Wars ended? this week? Yeah. No, I've just been, I've been on the Twitter account fairly regularly, I I actually I listened to our episode and then I took two of my favorite quotes from last week, which were Mm -hmm. Poe Boys, the best Star Star Wars podcast, dead or alive. Yes. And I did make that our little subtitle on our Twitter page. Oh, you actually did. (laughs) That's so funny. And then the 
Sometimes I feel like I was born doing this podcast and I will die doing this podcast. <laughs> I told my mom that and she said, why does Josh have to complain so much? Oh, brother, <laughs> and, I'm like, mom now. and I'm like, mom, one, let's be positive about it. And two, that means you're not listening because we were like depression boys for like two straight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, clearly you are not paying attention to it's what's not, happening. It's not a complaint. It's an existential observation. Uh, I have also not done any Star wars I have. I did hop on our Twitter account once. I usually, I will usually look at our Twitter and our email either right before we record an episode or as I'm going to post the episode. And so okay. before I posted the last episode, I looked, and I saw somebody wrote a little thing about our podcast. Is that a friend of yours that wrote that? Or yeah, that's a, that's a okay. person. You have not met them. I know that's a oh. former student of mine when I was okay. in grad school. and Well, nonetheless, it was very kind of them. It, it was very kind. That's, I mean, it's not the first time I've been called a Casanova, but <laughs> it is just, it's nice to get compliments when you, sure. you put yourself out there and you're, just giving your hot takes, and sometimes people don't like it. Now, the only person that hasn't liked it is that scumbag that gave us a one-star review and left no comments. And we are currently looking for a cybersecurity specialist mm-hmm. to track that person down. But until then, comments like this are great to hear. Absolutely. I love being Absolutely. told how like fun and fancy we are. Absolutely. Um other than that, I still have the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. Okay. Um, I will say this. It is. It remains on the end table by my couch. Okay. I have not put it on a bookshelf yet. I, came, I thought about putting it on a bookshelf because it has just been sitting on this end table, but I haven't done that yet. So, And I have been swirling the drain on, like, I should probably maybe go see that movie one more time, but I haven't. I really... Um, very little Star Wars this week for me Well, in the first post-Resistance week. I will say there's this company called Mondo. Perhaps you've heard of them. Mondo. They issue, they issue a lot of uh-huh. um, alternate movie posters by, like, pop culture artists and stuff like that. I have in my in my living room right now, I have an Alien poster and a Jaws poster and a Planet of the Apes poster that they do. They also do a lot of soundtracks. Uh-huh issue a lot of soundtracks they've done like the black panther soundtrack and they kind of exclusive art on them and stuff okay know. yeah so and, this stuff's pretty good and um last week wow this posted, stuff's really good yeah they got i could show you some real cool stuff i have a book of a lot of the posters um yeah this week they posted a very small portion of an image that is baby yoda's little baby yoda hand well and little so yanni's yeah little yanni's yes, yes. um is that a poster is that a record? I'm I'm hoping it's the vinyl soundtrack to Mandalorian, but that might be. Yeah, this uh, is really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, so that my Get Out one is just haunting. Oh, they have a lot of good Get Out ones, a lot of good Godzilla ones, a lot of great Jaws ones. I'm actually uh, right now. I have. I guess we can talk about Star Wars decorations um, and posters. I have a poster that is. Episode one through seven, and it includes Rogue One of hmm. the iconic lightsaber scenes. So it's literally it's um, a like, let's say. Two by twelve, two by eight. Um, so it, it goes down 
and it's just the iconic moment from each one. Um, and then for episode three, it has the Anakin Obi Wan um, fight on it. And I've been thinking, like, am I going to get rid of this now because it doesn't have the, you know, Kylo Luke scene from episode eight, and it doesn't have the um, water, you know, mood of the. Is it Endor Moon? No, it, they named the planet. It's in the Visual Dictionary. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember it. So I have that, and then I have... I, I really like these posters that... I forget who it's by, but they show their planet posters, and then they have, like, a oh, little okay. bit of stuff in the background like that gives some description of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my three... Um, Three of my signed movie posters in our living room. The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Force Awakens posters are, are they're very big and they're very prominently displayed in our living room. Uh-huh. And I have bookends, Star Wars bookends. That's just the logo split in half. Mm-hmm. And I have all the Star Wars movies and Rebels and Clone Wars Blu-rays sandwiched between those okay. on top of a set of shelves. And that's the main extent of the Star Wars decorations we have. So, in conclusion, listeners, we are very boring with our Star Wars content now that <laughs> yes. that Christopher Sean and that treasure that he is is mm-hmm. no longer providing us content in mm-hmm. Star Wars. But this episode, titled Star Wars Resistance, the finale. Mm, I think I a mean, farewell. Star Wars Resistance, a farewell. Yeah, that works. Yeah. If it were me, I probably would just call Star Wars Resistance. But a farewell is also good. Yeah. We're going to talk about... There's not... I don't really have a set schedule for this. Um, I don't have a set structure. For the discussion? Yeah, for the discussion. I, I have some things I... I have, I think, some good talking points. Um, but the idea here is last week, you know, we wanted to specifically talk about the finale, the escape. And um, give that specific... 45 minutes it's due uh-huh and not really focus too much on its its place in the series overall but now the dust has settled a little bit we uh-huh. discussed that episode so this week we're going to kind of talk about our early impressions of the show as a whole now that we know what the whole unit looks like now that we know what star wars resistance is in its totality now i, um, I think what w- that is and how it fits into the larger Saga. I think one thing that is going to make the show a lot of a brighter spot for me is whenever I think of the lead up to shows and movies, I never remember them later. So I don't remember any of the like ha- my how I felt or where I was when I saw the first teaser trailer for Force Awakens. Really? Or when I got information on Clone Wars. Or Mm -hmm. just these rumors and stuff like that. And, I mean, we tracked and followed a lot of Resistance, right? We thought we did an episode on Team um, Aces, which didn't matter whatsoever. (laughs) We did an episode on Team Fireball, which is just, like, very, very, like, oh, let's speculate. And that was nothing. Mm -hmm. So four months from now, five months from now, that kind of stuff of here's what we speculated. It wasn't that I'm disappointed. I won't have those same feelings just because yeah, yeah. that te- it's 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 the temporality of what's happening. 
So mm-hmm. some of the disappointments I, I have are not going to be things two months, three months from now that I'm going to actually have. Very true, very true. And so, yeah, obviously this is, as a lot of our uh, discussion on, on Star Wars episodes and stuff, uh, a time capsule kind of capturing. Because, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I still, I understand that that's, to a certain extent, still where I'm at with Rise of Skywalker, I think, is when it comes to new additions and the continuity mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the story that's, um, for whatever reason, important to us. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's a huge new entry and you, you reevaluate everything and there's like a cooling process, I think, where it's, you know, you got this hot meteor coming and hitting everything that you know about this franchise and it's it, it, it has to cool and to gel and coalesce into the larger whole and then you, you know, so we are definitely not yet at that point um, with Resistance where I, yeah, I mean, my, yeah, my, my thoughts on it have not cooled. I have not taken a larger perspective yet, but I think, you know, even just in the week, I do have um, some thoughts on it. And I think the main, the big thing I want to discuss is that particularly when they announced that this is going to be the last season, they talked about the two season show and they use the language that they use a lot when shows end of getting to tell the story we wanted to tell. And they kept referring, you know, they, they said like, Oh, it was always supposed to be two seasons. The story we wanted to tell is two seasons. This, this idea of the story we wanted to tell. Uh-huh. And that frames it as this was a narrative. This was a single narrative. This was the plan for the narrative beginning, middle end. Right. And so I'm looking at the show as a unit based on that language. And it got me looking back on the previous two okay. animated shows and what what story they are telling. Uh-huh. And to me, they both tell um, very important to the to the canon at large and very intriguing and impactful stories. And to me, Clone Wars very much I think is a a story about the erosion of principles and how the 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 things that led to the downfall of the Jedi and it in, in taking place over a longer period of time, you mm-hmm. get to see the gap, the gradual degrading of these principles and how, and how subterfuge and confusion and war, uh, lead people who should be heroes to making very poor philosophical choices and things like that. It's the, it's the erosion of principles. And I think rebels is a really interesting, interesting story about, um, the, the scale and the means in which different people fight an absolute tyranny and an absolute evil. And when you have something that's just that bad and that big and that seemingly um, impossible to overcome, how do you go about fighting that? And how do different people go about fighting it? And how do you fight it on a large scale? How do you fight it on a small scale? And so that, again, it, it, it feels like an important story to tell. It feels like it really has something to add. Um to the overall star story at large. Uh, and so now I'm kind of thinking of resistance in that window and trying to think about what this story they told is like, what is this story about? What does this story mean? Okay. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, as soon as you said that, I had a panic of, Oh my gosh, I've never thought about the, I agree with your takes, but I've never really thought about that from the Clone Wars perspective. I always think of it just as that show is explaining pockets of the movie and providing some background information, which is true, but not as profound as what you're saying. I think if I were to kind of follow along those lines of what you're trying to apply principle 
or a kind of underlying theme, it is the idea of trying to convince people of a threat that you you know as a certainty will happen to them, but mm-hmm. they can't themselves picture in the story or are unwilling or, to. or are unwilling to. So it's the idea of you still trying to take on this great evil and also are in a situation where there are people that are unwilling or unable to hear and kind of going through that, even though you know that you are correct and that this is a evil that's worth actually fighting. That's really insightful, and I hadn't thought about it that way. Of it, of it being, um, how do you how do you fight an evil that the world at large won't admit to? Mm-hmm. That's um, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I had again, and I've I've thought about this a lot this week in getting ready for this episode. And I, to me, I guess um, my my takeaway was that this is kind of a story about young people finding their place in things and you have you know the Kaz and Tam both being these two young people who when we meet in the pilot episode clearly have things they want right um, and they discover what they have to do to get the things they want what the things they want look like in reality uh, when they actually have them and the cost of those things and I think that what they want is something slightly deeper than they initially thought. Mm-hmm. You know, Kaz wants to be a spy or whatever. They, they both want to be pilots. Um, but that's not actually, I think, what either of those characters really truly wants. Like, they want some deeper thing that comes with um, being a pilot, whether it's, you know, being a part of a team or being a part of a cause or being part of a family. And it really feels to me, given the time period of the show, like it is about two young people in a time of peace trying to find their place in a galaxy that is still very much um, shaped and reeling from a war. Like, how do you you define yourself in peacetime when all of your adult definitions of of character and um, purpose were defined by a war that happened in the past? Which which also must be... Applying it to the real world, how our parents are probably more mine. I think your parents are younger than mine. Must have felt for all these people that were their adults that were, you know, World War II veterans, Korean War right. veterans. That exactly, exactly. The, the idea of you and I going to war is just unimaginable, right? Lev? Not only us going to war, being drafted, but the idea that you volunteer for this because you want to do your part. The mm-hmm. amount of civic engagement in the United States is absolutely abysmal. And they are living in a situation where these young people see this threat, they believe this threat, but the people that are supposed to be helping them and that they're supposed to convince they don't want to have to go through that again. And, you know, we can, we can, yeah, which is very compelling. We can see why, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. We we have the benefit of stepping back, seeing episodes four through six, Rogue One, Resistance or Rebels, Rebels yeah. um, Solo with that mud planet, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and the mud people. Oh boy, that's um, a mud planet. Yeah, so I, I that's a, that's a very good lens I think of looking at through is is if you think about it as a World War Two type of thing, is sort of. Yeah, like as a young person, how do you find your purpose when much of many of the adults in your life have found purpose based in a war that is no longer happening? And so that premise is very compelling. And when I thought about that, and I it really does feel like that's a lot of what the show's about, but then I have an issue because the answer to that question in this show ultimately sort of ends up becoming, don't worry about it, there'll be another war for you to define yourself by. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, and this goes back to things I talked about two weeks Last ago, week, how there's always and, another Star War. Well, and just also how um, the, the handling of, of the prospect of going to war in a kid's show and things like that. I think that was two weeks ago, rebuilding the resistance that we were talking about that. Uh-huh. But, um, it does, yeah, I, I think it's a, a really compelling um, story about, again, y- young people trying to trying to figure out who they are, trying to figure out how to get what they want and what they actually really want, and learning that um, the things we want are maybe deeper than they appear to us at, at face value. You know, we want the thing we want may be more of a representation of the actual thing our hard desires than the literal thing our, our hard desires and things like that but the the ending of it ultimately I mean they both find their place mm-hmm. um, but it does it is sort of like well they had to go to war to find it type of a deal but again it's Star Wars you know um, it is Star Wars so speaking of these young people finding their place um, I think we should also talk about Kaz as the the protagonist of this show. I think really early on, we both agreed that he was immediately, which is to say, like, if we were watching Rebels, Resistance, Clone Wars at the same time, one episode of each, the second episode of each, the third episode of each, Kaz was Im- the most immediate. By and far. By and far the most. Yes. And granted, this is Kaz's show, and then there are other people in it. And Rebels was Ezra, but gives also equal time. And you sometimes don't even see Ezra in certain situations. So, yeah, he really did have the spotlight more than Ahsoka or Ezra. Yeah. And I guess Ahsoka had maybe the most because of how many seasons of the show there were. But it's not like like there was an arc. I mean, there are definitely whole arcs without her. And there are whole arcs that just focus on her itself. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a reason we gave Christopher Sean the po'boy of the week. And it's mm-hmm. not just because he's a he's a say, he's a treasure. It may come it may come around to that. He he may be the Po Boy of the decade. I don't know. We might gotta talk about that. Yeah, I mean uh, we still have the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. But it look it's looking pretty I, good. Yeah, so I and we talked a lot I I mean I think Pete and I are kind of a little in the pocket for a character like Kaz, because I think of the characters that are the lead character of these animated shows, Kaz is the most like us 
Um, and that he, you know, it seems like he had a fairly privileged upbringing and grew up in a time of relative peace. Um, he's, he's not coming from a place of want. He has parents, he has a family, he has a job, he has a place in society, uh, and is not actively being, you know, there's, there's no boot on his neck, so to speak. Not only is there uh, no boot, but there's a literal silver plate in the form of that rich trophy that he has where he's able to trade for parts because he's rich and he just happens to have the equivalent of, I don't know, like a silver award or something, trading it for yeah. trading it for metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, again, immediately most likable. In the long term, now having his whole story in front of us, I still, I just, I really love that he doesn't put on airs and that, again, I, I say it all the time, but he's willing to look like a dork. He's willing to be goofy and bad at things that need to get done. And I, I that's still, I really appreciate that in his character. And I think and it's, it's also, um, it's, very it's also not that they shortchanged his character at all, right? You know, with Ezra, they made him appear as this brat that was very annoying that <laughs> is and they explain some of the reasons and, you know, he gets better later on. But just this brat that's trying to impress people and doesn't really know how to interact in society because, you know, he is a loth rat. He's living on his own. <laughs> right. And Ahsoka is this person that is raised not learning how to interact with the world. Yeah, she's raised within the Jedi She's order. raised within the Order. And Kaz, they don't shortchange him. You know, they show that his privilege is shown at various times. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he does make decisions. Um, he is in love with Sonara, but quickly gets over that. Well, who is um, it? <laughs> all right, let's... Snar freaking rules. Snar rules. And that is my new catchphrase. Snar rules. Snar freaking rules. All right. I just snar rules. Um, yeah. And so I think I, I don't think a cooling down process of my perspective on this show will change the fact that um, I definitely like him more than I ever liked Ezra. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I like that character a lot. Um, my relationship with the fictional character Ahsoka Tano is perhaps my most rewarding and developed uh, relationship with a fictional character ever in that I was a young, stupid, obnoxious white boy when that show came out and was like, Anakin didn't have a Padawan. Anakin, Anakin and didn't I, have a Padawan. He was a I, Padawan learner. I, yeah, and I, I now Ahsoka's maybe my favorite character in Star Wars. And uh, the journey I feel like I went on and, uh, you know, through the show, I don't know, very profound. No one's going to touch Ahsoka. Kaz is nowhere near Ahsoka. Few characters are. But I like him a lot. I think he's a very good I think here's the bright here's uh, the bright line for it. All right? So, listeners, say you are at an airport. Let's say it's an Applebee's. And you <laughs> yeah. are at a three-person yeah. table. <laughs> Was it an Applebee's? No. But hypothetical. Okay. I'm trying to – maybe it was a, right, right. Um, a TGI Friday's. Mm-hmm. And you walk mm-hmm. in there, yeah. you have a flight in a couple hours, but you're there, two-person table, a uh, four-person table, you have three chairs. And the voice actor for one of them comes. Would you offer them a seat 
for them to wait and say how much you enjoy that. And with that bright line, if it was Christopher Sean, yeah, yes, I would. Oh, I would. I would give him the whole table. I would. Maybe we would do some. You know, who can lift the table the most? Do the most reps with the table? I don't know. But Mm -hmm. if we are ever so lucky to uh, speak with Christopher Sean on this show, we're going to talk about working out so much. And that's just not the case for Ezra and Taylor Gray. (laughs) Now, did that happen to us in real life? (laughs) No. <laughs> Taylor That'd Taylor Gray was at the same TGI Fridays as us, and he was looking for a chair, <laughs> and we had one, and we were like, nope, 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 maybe. That maybe. is an exact I don't know. <laughs> That's not exactly how it went down. We didn't have a chair yet. Um, I don't know. Were we in the same? When he was looking, we were further up the list. Right, okay. For some reason, I thought we had a chair. He ended up walking out because... He was a hashtag lonely boy and mm-hmm. was just coming off that celebration money. So he was he, hashtag holes so he was looking Look he was looking to go wild. He was looking to go wild at that TGI Fridays with his celebration check. Yeah. But with Christopher Sean, uh, yes. Ashley Eckstein, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually think we'd feel uh, bad being at that TGI Fridays if we ran into Ashley Eckstein. We'd be like. Uh, we, we'll go to a classier place. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Is there a Carabas around here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, again, Kaz was, was a great protagonist. Um, very much a highlight of, of the show, if not the highlight of the show. Agreed. Um, what do we, what do you think about the lack of the force in this show? They had talked about it was going to be about pilots but I, part of me was like, everyone says no force, and then you're going to get a few episodes in and be like, okay, just kidding, it's the force. We have to lean back on the force. It's the Star Wars. you got to have right. the force. you got to have lightsabers. And they never did. They were true to their word. I mean, they, they touched on the periphery of it. You know, they go to that temple. They have that freaking symbol on those little children of Tahar. But this show, it, it never really, it never went into the force, I don't think. We ever saw a lightsaber? Yeah, I mean, we saw a, we saw a, for, a Sith Force bomb, whatever that yeah. is. <laughs> Freaking goofy. Yeah. Attack. Oh, it's now depleted. Uh. <laughs> this temple is worthless now. I, I I gotta say, for for whatever issues I have with Star's Resistance, none of them are derived from the show's lack of the presence of Force. I don't. I don't. I, I think they, they did a really good job. I think that they proved that you can still tell a Star Wars story without the presence of the Force, and that the Force isn't necessarily the defining trait of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I agree. I think that, mm-hmm. and I'm the person that um, famously had the lightsaber quota for a, a successful Clone Wars episode, yeah. and I think we're going to get to that. I, I maybe Bad Batch might um, be the one where we don't, but I'm just not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a bad batch of episodes. Clone Wars. Oh, save Damn it for the pot. Oh wait, <laughs> we're on the pot. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I I do think while we don't necessarily go into the Force, uh, allow me to wax poetic on a monologue here for a moment. We talk about how it's very much uh, a story about young people in search of purpose, and I think. A big part of purpose and a big part of being fulfilled in life is finding a place in which you are putting into the world that which you are best at. 
and you are able to position yourself and your life in such a way that um, you are able to go with the flow and you are able to give what you are best. That's what we hope. That's what we hope. The world around you. Right. I think that's kind of the goal. And I think that that pursuit and that state of flow and when you are in that state of flow and when you are doing what you do best and all is you're, you're one with it all. I, you know, maybe there's a little bit of the force to that. Um, and so I don't, you know, while the force is not present in here, I think that that pursuit of purpose is not necessarily far off from, um, I don't know, the nobler pursuits of, of Jedi and force users and, and being one, being one with a force, I think is not dissimilar to a sense of fulfillment or to a sense of discovering purpose, perhaps. So, you know, whatever. I cross that one off the list. I think that if I didn't like Kaz so much, I'd have an issue with that. But I, my, my goal going into the show and what my expectation was is that we are going to get what we got with Rebels was we're not going to see the main storyline, so we're not getting Ray, Poe, and Finn. We got Poe, obviously, mm-hmm. but we didn't get Ray and Finn, and we had got no reference mm-hmm. to them either. So they are not these all-stars of the you know, Jade Squadron. They don't care about them at all. Yeah. But I was hoping that we would get something like Rebels where we, we can see in the surra- the... the Peripheral, where we can see kind of mm-hmm. things that add to the story, because that's the thing I love about the books. Yeah, the that's the thing I love about the books yeah. and this TV show is I like the movie, and I want to know background of how we got to these points, a beyond, before, during, etc. Yeah, and that's that's a very good point because I think chief amongst um, a handful of missed opportunities for this show is that I don't really think it does plug into the rest of the saga in as profound a way as the Clone Wars or as mm-hmm. Rebels. I think both of those shows have something to say about the larger story, and I I think Resistance had the perfect opportunity. I mean, they're breaking new ground here. We don't know anything about this time period. The sequel trilogy never, now that it's over, I can confidently say, never gives us background information, enough background information on on the state of the galaxy and Mm -hmm. things like this. My hill I'm going to die on. And I don't think Resistance did either. And it it couldn't be more prominent than in the second season when every episode we were trying to figure out, well, so where are are we past Last Mm -hmm. Jedi or not? You know, it, it it actively steered away from providing context to the Skywalker saga of it all. Um, to perhaps its detriment. One thing that I've kind of wanted to get into is, mm-hmm. and this will be kind of the more negative side of it, of what storylines do you wish that they had expanded upon? Do you wish now knowing that we're not going to get a season three and we're certainly not going to get a Mm -hmm. like Flynn and Orca spinoff, maybe a YouTube like Mm -hmm. series, but nothing significant. What is something that you're like, man, I really wish that they did a two story arc or they focused in on this particular character because I wanted more information. 
I immediately have some answers for that. Um, I think that we never got the full squeeze of juice out of Doza and Griff being Imperial mm-hmm. veterans. Um, we finally get some some answers around how they left the Empire, kind of, sort of, but they never, I mean, there was, there was a real opportunity there, I think, to, to provide connective tissue between the original trilogy and the sequel right. trilogy. And then we never, I really just assumed that in the second season, we would have some sense of the repercussions of, A, Snoke's death. I figured at a bare minimum they had to talk about Snoke's death. Because when Last Jedi ends... I mean, we still, you don't have any idea how big the first one no, is. No, we don't have a clue. Because that whole, that whole fleet that's chasing them is taken out. So, is that a death blow? Apparently not. But I have, we, you know, when Last Jedi ends, I don't, I know the Resistance is in bad shape. But it seems like the First Order could be in pretty bad shape, too. But I guess they're not, because I guess they have just, they're the Empire reincarnate, and they have unlimited resources but we're never told that um i don't know there's missed opportunities there and then i i knew it probably wouldn't happen but i really think particularly given the very end of last jedi when we see those kids uh-huh. on canto bite retelling the story of luke that and look we see those kids on canto bite when finn and rose are there and then we see them again at the end of that movie and they're little kids and they're still little kids years have not right. passed yeah but they, they are reenacting this story of Luke on Crate. And so I really thought this would be a cool opportunity to show how what happened there ripples out into the galaxy. Because clearly, some folks in the galaxy are finding out. And watching the sort of galactic game of telephone that goes on, and seeing how myths are born, and you know being privy to what actually happened in Last Jedi, and then watching it ripple out across the galaxy and inspire mm-hmm. people. And then you get an answer to why no one came at the end of last Jedi, but the whole freaking galaxy comes at the end of rise of Skywalker. I don't know. Very big missed opportunity for me. I think for me, it's more character driven, like mm-hmm. the children of Tahar stuff. Now I was, you know, ragging on you, but I would have liked to see mm-hmm. their, what the, what the symbol, symbol meant. meant. Are they actually orphans or not? You know, is there a community? Mm-hmm. Something equivalent to um, Zeb in in uh, Rebels, mm. where, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, of the episodes that are about Zeb and his family, it's like three out of 40 or 50 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not spending a ton of time, but it kind of adds to the background for the characters. I not super, Mm -hmm. I don't really care about the aces. Um, maybe like some stuff with, um, hype and Tam. Mm -hmm. Um, but even, even then just like maybe a little bit of background, like a person that knew both of them that can provide some, like here's who Tam is as an actual person, as opposed to here's Tam, the traitor. Right. And I, it's interesting that you say that you don't really care about the aces because I am reluctant to say I have to agree, but I think that we, the show taught us not to care about the aces, ultimately, because I had enthusiasm for those characters, 
but the show taught me that I was not, I, we were never going to go there. We're not going to learn anything about these characters. They, they don't, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get more background on Griff. You're not going to get more background on Farrah, Fenris, and forget Bo Keeble. You were excited you know, for Bo Keeble. I really was, and he's a total non-entity. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think would have been cool to have an O.P. Oh, but standard episode. Yeah. Standalone episode. <laughs> Where he uh, kills a great blue creep once and for all. It was nice to see him have that little episode at the end. I mean, have that little, yeah. That moment at the end? Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, that was I really cool. enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. And then I, I mean, I guess my main thing is not so much stories I would want fleshed out as it is stories that, particularly given now that I know what the story is as a whole, I have a hard time going back and justifying how much time we spent on the pirates coming to attack in season one and how much time we spent adrift in space and waiting on Tam Demption in season uh-huh. two. Um, I just, I, I unfortunately feel that for the story that is being told, um, it got bloated and we got more than we needed and it, uh, it didn't necessarily always justify itself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yeah, strange, strange pacing is the note I, I had here about, about wanting to talk about that. Um, obviously Sonara freaking rules. I love O'Peep it. Uh, Peter, are there any other characters you really, uh, other than Cass, of course, really grew to like over the course of this show? Maybe characters you're hoping could pop up in another venue. Flakes and Orca is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. I really liked their episode where they meet Flakes' family this season. I thought that was one of the best episodes of the show. Yeah. I, and then I guess just the, you know, Doza family. Yeah, I had a note of that as well. And I, I really appreciate um, how much Captain Doza and Tora Doza change over the course of this show. And more than that, weirdly, I think they're both great characters. I think they both deserve the spotlight. But I also kind of enjoy that their journeys as a character through this show are kind of understated, and they do happen in the background. I particularly like it with Tora because she was immediately kind of framed as manic pixie dream girl type quirky teenager you know um and over the course of the show by the end of the show we understand that oh that's not who she is at all that is perhaps a surface level but there's much Mm -hmm. more to her than that and she's very heroic and very capable and but and that it it never felt like whiplash between those two things um and she very naturally just comes into her own over the course of the show but Externally, and you know, there's no change. I mean, she still looks the same as she always did. She's still the same character, but um, because she stepped up to the plate and because of the challenges in front of her, her her journey it's it's understated in a kind of a cool way. I think again, I think both of those characters are worthy of more of the spotlight. I think that they don't need to have an understated yeah, journey. Yeah, agreed. Um, but that they did is is interesting and is different. It's a little different than you know. Um, it wasn't it wasn't so blatant. They didn't beat you over the head with 
Tora coming into her own, but you very much did, and it felt very natural. Tora's definitely a person that yeah, cool. I wasn't expecting that to be one of my favorite characters. Now, mm-hmm. Bubbles or whatever, I hate Bubbles. Oh, man. Buggles or whatever, yeah. I hate. Yeah. Not in the yeah. finale, I Which think. is a good idea. Yeah, Buggles was... But Buggles it's definitely not a character good. I was expecting yeah. to be like, oh, man, this character... Is something is is a person that I'm very excited to see in the show. Yeah, yeah. If I if I got wind that Tora or Captain Doza were going to be showing up in another piece of Star Wars content, I'd be making a beeline for it. I think. Other than if it were a book, I'm not going to read a book. Leave me alone. Yep. Uh, Books are lame. Again, it's my catchphrase. Is the tattoo on my neck? Uh, Snarfree rules. Yeah, I do wish it. Okay. I, I wish Snarfree. it was a little less on Kragen, but I feel like. Oh God, Kragen! Nah, yeah, yeah. He's Kragen is no Hondo Onaka, my friend. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> a few last points I have here. Uh, here's an interesting little hot take I have. I think Resistance continued the trend over the course of these three animated shows: Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance of becoming increasingly consistent in quality. Consistent in quality from episode to episode. Clone Wars varied so wildly, and because it was an anthology show, and because it became all about like three to four episode arcs, so you would tune in one week and be like, all right, it's a new arc, and this is where you're going to be for a month. And if it's not your cup of tea, boy, you're going to have fun drinking this for four freaking weeks. Um, and so there were arcs that were like kind of just so hard to get through. And then there are arcs that are to this day, some of the best stars I have ever seen. Incredible. Um, rebels, uh, was not an anthology show Stuck right. with the same cast. I, I think it absolutely hit the same highs as clone wars is on par with the best of clone wars. Never hit the lows of clone wars. And I, I think it, you know, if you're looking at a, at a bar graph of it, I guess, or a line graph, Clone Wars would be wild deviations. Right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. From the highest point to the lowest point. Rebels, a little more in, in the middle, still very high, never got quite as low. And then Resistance, week to week, I mean, the, you know, there's still, you know, there's incredible episodes of Resistance, there's episodes of Resistance I do not care for. I think the gulf between the best and worst episode of Resistance is much smaller than the gulf between the best and worst episodes of Rebels, which is much smaller than the vast gulf between the best and worst episodes mm-hmm. of Clone Wars. I don't necessarily know that that's a good thing, though, because I do think um, that the best episode of Resistance is is probably still below two dozen episodes of, of Rebels and Clone really? Wars for me. Really? Okay. Um... I think I would go. I would have to go pretty deep into my list of favorite Star Wars animation episodes before I hit an episode of Resistance. Um, but it did never. I mean, it. Yeah, it, it, the the quality was was pretty consistent. But that being said, on that on that line graph is the closest to a straight line. Yeah, it's it's consistent. Right, like you yes. have Biden. Yeah. He's doing consistently well, but then you know. Mayor Pete jumps up a little bit. Amy Klobuchar is jumping up right now. 
We got the, you know, feel the burn. Well, with some people. With some people. Boy, those polling numbers for a certain subsection of the population. It's it's like no young people Um, like Joe Biden. They're like, go home, Joe. Well, the at the at the gym today, the headline on CNN was that Buttigieg was still polling at zero percent amongst. Have you heard his response to that? That was a. He's like, no. I got this one black person that is a big supporter, and guess what? People voted for her, so I think I'm doing fine. And I'm like, uh, all right, Mayor Pete, good luck with that. <laughs> that sounds like George Lucas being like, well, there's Lando. Yeah, um, big um, George, classic. <laughs> I think the big last thing I have to say, we you know, after talking about the consistency, after talking about um, some of our issues and missed opportunities here, the animation on this show was consistently incredible. It was the it was a two D show as opposed to the and we were we were pretty concerned about that Wars, too. Ooh. Yeah, we were definitely we were. Mm-hmm. concerned going into it of like, you know, like, and the, for those listeners that didn't pay attention to a lot of the animation, Clone Wars had the biggest budget to kind of set the stage. And then Rebels, yeah. everybody knew that their budget had been cut. So, but it was still, it was like yeah. Clone Wars light. And then Resistance mm-hmm. is a completely different style of animation. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Um, but it, I mean, just consistently gorgeous. And I, particularly, I think the show did a really great job of the opening shot of a lot mm-hmm. of episodes are just just incredible. I would absolutely buy a coffee table book that was just the opening shots of each episode of resistance i mean through from the first episode to the last episode last week just so many gorgeous i feel now if we were shots. though and i think you would agree uh, with me this jo- uh josh if we were to do matching up the three animation shows in terms of the ships and conflicts and the battles i think resistance by far beats clone wars and Re- Rebels by a mile. In Just like, of, ship, yeah, dogfight, like ship to ship battles. I mean, the battle for the Colossus at the end of season one, them going to Dakar. Mm-hmm. Those are just some beautifully done scenes. Um, when um, Poe and Kaz are at the site of a Starkiller-based test and they see the remnants of it and they have to go through all that stuff, all of it is so much better than Rebels and Clone Wars. It was really good. It was really good. I can think of some space battles in both Rebels and Clone Wars that I really like, but I think on the whole you are you are probably right. And I think it I mean, it's also as it should be. I mean, this is a show about pilots, so you would think that it would have the most impressive. And I I think the aesthetic helped. I think it helped a huge amount that they did a lot of dogfights in broad daylight. Yeah. I mean, Castellan, as boring as it got being there the entire first season. As a backdrop for a dogfight with that Bebo monster and all that stuff, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, if I if I had right. to pick a show to have a bunch of posters of screen grabs of said show on my wall, very uh, um, convoluted way of getting at the point, it would it would be Resistance. It's just it's just gorgeous. It's it's, it's gorgeous. They did a, such a good job, and the imagination on display. With some of those ships, particularly the pirate ships. Yeah, you love those. Some of the creatures. 
Anytime there's a monster and spaceships going in that show. So I there's a show on Fox that that's coming, or maybe it's already premiered. It's called Lego Masters. <laughs> it's um, Will Arnett, it. who's the voice of Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of you and that Lego set for Kragen's ship. That they, n- yeah, that they never, never did. did. <laughs> of Which is fine, because I don't. It's not a trigger. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Sometimes I'm getting I still better. Go Island Target, but I don't buy anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. That's. Uh, I think we hit on a lot. I think we hit on a lot. Um, I don't off the top of my head have any other um, big topics of conversation for this show. Like we talked about, it is still kind of cooling down and uh, acquiescing to our our perception of the rest of the saga. But and yeah, listeners, for those of you, and there's not many of you that are only listening to us for resistance, we're still going to talk about the show from time to time because there's this thing called filler season where we might not have anything, and we'll probably rank you know the three. Yeah, it'll be from like the end of April when Clone Wars ends to the foreseeable future, and we'll have content where we kind of compare the three of going deeper into a variety of issues. So don't you worry Mm -hmm. that we're not talking about resistance. Um, I'd be shocked if we weren't still talking about it. Yeah, if we have an opportunity to to revisit it, we'll definitely take it. So Josh, are you good? Yeah, I I think so, I gotta say. I uh, think we did a pretty good job on this one. If you'd like to get a hold of us, Um, Poe's Podcast at Gmail, our Twitter and Instagram handle are both the same, at Poe Boys Podcast. See ya!